Welcome back to the Run the Damn Ball podcast, your home for all things Nebraska, college football, and overall sports-related topics. This is your host, Daniel Magnuson. Today, I have a pleasure to welcome our guest, Daniel Lust. You can also find him on Twitter, at Sports Law Lust. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm good, Dan. Uh, a pleasure to join the show. I know you and I have been going back and forth on, on Twitter for about a year or so, so it's nice to... Nice to put a, uh, a human being's name and face to the uh, Run the Damn Ball uh, Twitter account. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I got the, I brought my hat with me. Nice. Run the Damn Ball hat. I also have this, I had to go Nebraska sweatshirt on him today. Nice. But, um, so can you give a little background to like what you do like in your everyday life and uh, just with you know sports and your job and eventually you can talk about how you got involved with all the Nebraska and like Big Ten stuff a year ago? Yeah, yeah, of course. So uh, I guess first and foremost, I'm born and raised in New York. I grew up in the suburbs. I went to school, uh, college in upstate New York, closer to Albany. Um, I've never lived in the city, New York City, but um, uh, I guess I lived there when I was in law school, uh, but I work in the city now. So that's, you know, I'm really New York uh, through and through. Um, uh, And uh, I guess, Daniel, as you know, there's college football is not that big in New York, you know, maybe like, I don't know, Syracuse and West Point, but like, not really. So my, my fandom of college football is just uh, more of a national fan. I kind of just like, watch the landscape. You know, I, so, you know, I grew up uh, just a fan of college football in general. We, I didn't have any explicit fandom. That's probably kind of how I got brought into the Nebraska fall. But um, I worked for the New York Giants in their public relations department as a sophomore and junior in college. And then I kind of had this decision point. Do I want to work in sports full time? Um, but I have a family of lawyers behind me. So my dad's a lawyer. You know, my sister, my uncle, my wife's a lawyer. I have a whole world of lawyers around me. And uh, I spoke to a lot of people who essentially said, if you want to work in sports, it'll always be there. But if you want to work as a lawyer, um, you might be able to go a little bit further in sports because it's a little bit different getting that type of uh, graduate degree. So I did that. I continued to work for the Giants during school. Um, I worked there for the Giants on game days, on Sundays. I worked in the press box. Um, and then I did some fun stuff. I worked for baseball agencies. I worked for uh, entities that were negotiating contracts on behalf of baseball teams. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that was really my first introduction to sports. And then, you know, for about six, seven years, I just worked as a pure attorney, not in the sports context. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some trial work. I did depositions, motions, all the boring lawyer stuff that people make fun of us for. Uh, and then uh, about two years ago, I decided to start kind of uh, you know, putting my sports legal takes on Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram and just kind of producing kind of sports law content. And that led down a world where I moved to a firm, uh, my current firm, Garagos and Garagos, you can see yeah. fancy uh, writing behind me. Uh, and these guys do, uh, you know, a lot of sports law work. Um, if you know, back in the day, they, uh, oh, you can, you can kind of look up Mark Garagos out of our firm. He's represented Mike Tyson uh, you know, he represented Colin Kaepernick. He's going to a lot of really big sports cases in the time of the firm. So, you know, now uh, my kind of side project kind of became my, my real job. So it's a little bit what I do now. I'm sure, uh, Dan, you can ask me about how I fell into this Big Ten world. But that's, that's kind of me in a, in a nutshell and how we got here. That's awesome. Um, when exactly was it a year ago that you jumped into the whole Big Ten thing? Was it in August of last year or was it more so when the when uh, I guess maybe when the parents of Nebraska and Iowa and other schools like sued or I don't know. Yeah. So my, 
but I, I was kind of more on the scent of uh, Warren's incompetency before I was in the scent of uh, the Nebraska lawsuit. Um, I should say it's the player, the players' lawsuit. It's not Nebraska University. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess what I did in my private practice before I came to this firm, I did something called insurance defense, which is not a really sexy term. But if there's a really big lawsuit, insurance is going to be involved. So I had a lot of cases where I would work for the insurance companies trying to kind of figure out how big a risk was going to be. It's kind of like risk management. Um, so when conferences were deciding whether or not to cancel college football is how I got involved. People just, enough people started asking me about it. I'm like, you know what, really, let me, let me dig into this thing. So you had doctors from Penn State, which I think, you know, the Big Ten was relying on. And there were doctors from Duke. There are doctors from all over the country that were looking at this COVID situation and trying to figure out, like, is it safe to play or is it not safe? So you had conferences with the smartest doctors in the country coming out with completely opposite conclusions. Hey, it's not safe. Hey, it's safe. You know, hey, this could affect you for the rest of your life or it's not really that big of a deal. So I looked at it from the legal perspective and I said, oh, you know, in our legal world, we pay doctors uh, as experts, and it's not really that rare that they would come out with two different conclusions, but it is kind of unprecedented for these 10 different doctors because the NC is not in charge of college football, and they all have wildly different opinions. Some are cancel, some, some are going to cancel, some are not going to cancel. So all I said during my legal takes when I would go on ESPN, you know, different, you know, around the country, ESPN Hawaii, Houston, wherever, yeah. wherever I would get the call, and I would just say, I go, Someone's going to look really smart here and someone's going to look really dumb. I don't know what conferences are going to come out, which direction. I can just tell you that this analysis of like, is it safe to play college football? People have exact opposite reactions. So someone's going to look really dumb and might lose their job. And, and someone's going to look really smart and probably make a lot of money, get an extension, you know, and look great for the conference. So that's kind of how I got brought in. And while I was watching that, obviously I watched the Big Ten stuff unfold, the, the lawsuit come. But I was just, I was watching it uh, as I kept hearing rumblings that college football might get canceled. So I've, you know, I've been in it for, you know, I've watched it really since its inception, the whole conversation. Yeah. I, I remember watching it heavily because, no, I mean, number one, I'm a like diehard Nebraska fan. And so, you know, a lot of my, and like my whole life, you know, I always look forward to first weekend of Labor Day, Nebraska plays the first game. And this year I'm lucky because we get them a week early, we get them in August, um, you know, week zero or whatever. But, you know, and so that's always my excitement every summer. And then, you know, last year it was uncertain. And then, oh, okay, we're going to play. And I was like, yeah, we're going to play. And then a couple of days later, it's like, just kidding. We're not playing at all. And we're not going to change our mind. We're not. And I was just like, I mean, maybe I had a biased perspective and I didn't have enough information at the time, but I was fairly confident a year ago when they canceled that 99.9, .9, if not 100% of D1 athletes you know, great shape, they're not going to, you know, be, you know, face fatality if they get COVID. So I thought that, hey, we don't need fans. We just need, like, we can definitely play. Like, that's how I felt. And, you know, I would say I'm right. And everyone was right who felt that way. And, I, you know, there wasn't 100% proof of that at the time. But, you know, that's, that's what really got me going. And so, you know, when, you know, we could just jump right into it. You know, you had a tweet last weekend or last week, I believe it was, like, was it Thursday? where you talked about um well no i mean hey you just straight up had like a project you showed everyone um it was a big tweet got a lot of interaction you've probably been on a lot of different radio shows since then talking about how nebraska saved big 10 football um that was really the is that the, the title of it 
the title's called Fight for Football, but that's my my contribution was the legal part of it. So mm-hmm. that's that's always been my conclusion. And Dan, you know that I've been saying it for about a year, yeah. <laughs> a year before before Illinois is making fun of you guys for saving Big Ten football. I'm like, I don't know what the joke is. Like Illinois, you couldn't have had played this game without big without Nebraska players saving Big Ten football. So yeah, yeah I mean it's. A little bit of the trying to course correct these jokes that are being made at Nebraska's behalf. Like, I, I just think it's really stupid. I, I think the Big Ten season would not have been played otherwise. I, I do feel that way. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think it would have been played either. And I, I don't know what Ohio State would have done. Uh, they didn't have any backup. And I think um, Iowa probably played some sort of a role. I don't really know for sure. But, um, and I kind of saw the Illinois tweet as like a double meaning. It was like, haha, like, thanks for bring back football we also just beat you but also like <laughs> it was kind of like a compliment like a backhanded compliment in a way uh i wasn't yeah. i think some nebraska fans were kind of worked up about that i i wasn't personally but um, yeah so, i mean I, I guess i'll i'll i guess this is kind of where where i come in like i'm with you i saw the they released the schedule and then like a week later they canceled football and i'm like I don't understand what's going on like that. It just looks really stupid. If you're the big 10, why, why would you release the schedule if you're going to cancel seven days later? So something's wrong there. And then I saw the, the, um, you know, I was posting these, I think I was probably the only lawyer, at least in our sports law world that was really posting all the letters. I saw the letters from Illinois and I think it was from Michigan state. There were a letter writing campaign around the country. I think Iowa parents even had one. I know, I know we're not going to give Iowa any respect on the, on the show. Cause uh, I actually, <laughs> I never really – I didn't grow up watching Iowa play in Nebraska because we were Big 12, so I've never really disliked them. It's just that they've always hated us. and now that well, We hate them. Know, we hate them And just so much. now that we've been bad and they've been rubbing it in, I kind of hate them back, but I do respect that they wanted to play last year. So I, I don't actually yeah. hate them now because I respect them. They're not like a Minnesota who just says, okay, we won't play. Right. Like, or those type of schools. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like to, to your earlier point, like – I, I'm not a medical doctor. I have no idea if it was safe or not safe to play football. I'm just like, someone's going to look really stupid here and someone, yeah. someone might lose their job. I mean, that's, that's the end of it. If you're so big 10 made a calculated decision and they said, you know, before anyone announces anything, before anyone cancels, before anyone says we're playing, no matter what, we're going to jump out in front of it. And we are going to play, you know, we, we're going to play the card of this is not safe and we're canceling. So I go, okay, bold decision by Kevin Moore in the conference. I don't know if they're going to be right or wrong. I think they were banking that the rest of college football would cancel and that they would look really smart as the leaders of this whole movement. Um, big risk, but I think that's, that's what they were trying to do. So, you know, then you kind of have to ask yourself, okay, let's, let's look at these dates, right? Football is now canceled, or I'm going to say canceled, postponed until the spring. And then, uh, you know, six days later, um, you know, Warren, after all these letters, says football, the decision will not be revisited. So I said, okay, Warren's being a leader here, whether he thinks the decision is right or wrong, you know, he's not going to let, you know, people pressure him to changing his mind. So I said, okay, that's it. Put the fork in the big 10 year. It's it. Warren made a decision. I didn't, you know, at that point, I don't know if Warren's right or wrong. I just, I respect him that he made a decision. So what happens between, uh, you know, the, that, le- that letter, that's like, we will, decision will not be revisited. It's August 19th to September 16th. So, Let's fast forward, right? September 16th, we have a letter, you know, the press release from the Big Ten, and it's now safe to play. They have new medical protocol. It's great, right? Um, I don't know. What new medical protocol, right? Is, was there a vaccine that was created? Like, huh? not really, right? Uh, were, were football players be playing in some type of bubble scenario like they played in the NBA? Nope, not really. So I'm like, okay, what changed? And I had been following this for three weeks, and 
you know, uh, Nebraska players, eight Nebraska players sued the Big Ten Conference and they were seeking the truth. They were saying, hey, you harmed our business expectations. You were, we we're not allowed to play our, our, you know, our senior years. And there was this great comment from the, the GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers who said, if there are two players and we think that they're pretty equal, but one guy has tape from the 2020 season and one person didn't play in the 2020 season, we're going to take the guy with the more recent tape. So it was harming their business expectations. I think there's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, the lawsuit was essentially designed, you know, at, at some point it was designed for money, right? Because they were saying you harmed our business expectations. But in a, in a real sense, like if you're just talking about practicality, it was designed to get Kevin Warren, uh, Shapiro, all, all the Big Ten players, all the presidents under oath to explain if you guys actually had a vote, how it's possible that you are saying that there's a vote but other people that are also in the room say that no vote occurred or it's unclear that a vote occurred. Because if no vote occurred, Nebraska players are right. You did not follow the rules of your private association, in which case they might even win their lawsuit. So you know how bad, Dan, it would have looked if, if the Nebraska eight won their lawsuit, got Ke or even not even won their lawsuit, got Kevin Warren under oath and got him to admit what the hell was going on behind the scenes. So, yeah, I mean, the, I guess to put a pin in, then I'll get back to you, like, there was a deadline. Um, the Nebraska players won their first round of discovery. Discovery is they were going to get text messages and emails. They're going to get a lot of stuff from the conference. That was supposed to come to them the week of September 16th. Um, and it never came. You want to know why it didn't come? Mysteriously, suspiciously, curiously, Big Ten football was brought back that exact same week, even though it will not be revisited, even without new medical protocol, all that stuff. So listen, I am not, this is, this is why I think people have appreciated my takes for like, you know, for a year, I have no connection to Nebraska, right? Mm -hmm. I have no connection. I have no bias. I have no dog in the race. I've settled a ton of cases. Nebraska players did not have to drop the lawsuit after Big Ten football was brought back. They, they did not have to do that by any means, but they did. Tells you, right, there's probably some communication between Big Ten's lawyers and Nebraska lawyers. Hey, if we bring back this season, will the lawsuit go away? Oh, it will? Okay. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. Season's back, everybody. And, and then there back. was a, you might remember this, there was a hot mic moment where like, yes, there's Nebraska's like president or like university president or someone like they were in some sort of like meeting and he, the mic was on. They didn't know. Boom. Oh, did you hear Nebraska football's coming back? Big Ten football's coming back. And then that came out days before the Big Ten announced it. It was kind of like a, that kind of was like added fuel to the fire, if you will. So that was fun to see just from a Nebraska standpoint, kind of like, ha, ah, we did this and you can't stop us, uh, even though you tried to cancel. And I think a big part of Nebraska's reasoning um, that I think makes us culturally different than I'd say a lot of the other Big Ten schools is that the mindset in Nebraska, I'd say Iowa, you know, some other farming areas of the United States feel the same way. But, you know. Nebraskans are the descendants of homesteaders and homesteaders were people who came to America and the, you know, from Europe in the 1800s, late 1800s, and they lived in sod houses and they farmed. And the only thing that they could do is just try and make it work. That's the mindset. And that's kind of a, a generational pass down that, you know, a lot of Nebraskans have, especially if, you know, that's their ancestry. So when it comes to, you know, are we going to play football or not? It was a no brainer for everyone in the entire state to be like, yeah, we're going to make it work because that's just the mindset people have here. You know, they're going to always try and make it work no matter what. And so that kind of what is makes, you know, Nebraskans mindset just as, you know, from a fan standpoint, different than say like Northwestern or um, Rutgers, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, listen, I, uh, you, you and I know this, you're, you know, this, we've been speaking uh, offline, but 
Um, I've uh, been not not just like speaking about Nebraska, uh, this this lawsuit. I've uh, you know I've been following the Nilbraska movement. You know I've been following uh, the, the volleyball team. Uh, I'm, I'll tweet about it later today with the little league team. So I uh, you know from these takes, uh, I I, I kind of got it kind of you know looking very closely at Nebraska Twitter. Uh, I started following a lot of people in the, in the community, and then you know kind of where the story turns, which I, I found so fascinating. It's like okay. Uh, I know a couple of people have sent me like, hey, are you aware of like the uh, these holding calls haven't happened in like a year? And I'm like, is that possible? And then I looked at the stats and I'm like, wow, like this is real. And then, you know, you kept going on. And it's like, OK, what's the big deal with Nebraska trying to reschedule Wisconsin with Chattanooga? Like, I'm not sure. But like, I'm also not sure why like national media is just like like hammering Nebraska for God forbid, like doing that. And then like I think it was the Minnesota loss. I think it was. But. I saw, and I'm not going to name names, but like national media were like cheering, like national media were cheering at the loss. And I'm like, am I like, am I the only person that sees how crazy this is? So yeah, I, I, uh, I just stepped up and I, and I said like, no, what, what's going on here, right? Is it, is it possible that all these things are happening independently or, right? And I'm not a tinfoil hack, I'm an attorney. I've handled a ton of cases. And I'm just like, I don't know if you sue the conference if eight players sue the conference and Scott Frost is saying, hey, we're going to maybe play in a different conference, all of these things kind of line up to a certain point. And then you just think in the history of sports, like sports law, which I'm a historian, there's a guy, Kirk Flood, who used to play for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. He sued Major League Baseball to create free agency. He's kind of erased from the record books. No one talks about Kirk Flood. He was like almost a 300 hitter. He's a fantastic athlete. And then Colin Kaepernick, which my firm represented once upon a time, never played football again. So... There's a history, a real history, not a conspiracy-based history, but a history when you sue the league, the league doesn't really like you anymore. So yeah. um, that's that's kind of where I came in. I'm like pointing this out. I'm like, hey, it's not a conspiracy. I think Nebraska's really getting the short end of the stick because there's some retribution here. Yeah, when you go against the norms, uh, say of the Big Ten or of the national media, like there's going to be backlash. And I feel like we've faced that. I personally don't think it's that big of a deal I think you know if we're going to be the better team it's usually going to take care of itself so you know I'm, I'm just looking forward to having a normal year of college football but I, I mean to go back on what you said earlier um, you know the story that you're telling with your project you can even go into more depth of like what that is going to end up being um, but it's really a great story um, to tell because I mean not only for you know Big Ten parents and you know but for Nebraska so uh, like what what so the project that we kind of brought up that you showed on Twitter last week what's kind of the goals of that and like what what are we going to potentially see in the future yeah so I mean I guess it's important like I I gotta you know just because I'm a little bit in this world um you know Ted Carter Nebraska's president follows me from some of my uh scorching hot takes against Texas uh and mm -hmm. then uh Adrian Martinez followed me a little bit from my my uh, NIL takes so I I think I have a good sense of um, you know, and again, I'm not from Nebraska, but I, I know Nebraska fans felt kind of slighted by this world where it was Nebraska against the world. So what happened was, and I guess like the little, the impetus of the project, um, I, I go, I have a lot of, um, you know, I go on a lot of Ohio based shows just cause it's another, you know, big 10 network. And, uh, I, I got reached out to by this Ohio state based group and they said, Hey, we're thinking of making a documentary. We need a lawyer to kind of speak about the legal side of it. We know you've been on it. Maybe you can kind of speak to Nebraska's, uh, you know, uh, their their role in this process, which of course I did. Um, so 
uh, I, you know, I, I think Ohio State's goal is kind of to try to highlight, like, they had a great season, right? They made it to the national championship. And it didn't just happen uh, because they had a great season. It required uh, kind of the efforts of Nebraska to pave the way. I don't think Ohio State as a, as a Big Ten blue blood could get away with suing the conference. I think Nebraska can get away with doing it. I, I do. And I think Nebraska doing it brought a lot of attention to the scenario. And also, let's not forget, Nebraska's attorney general and Ohio State's attorney or and Ohio's attorney general um, also threatened legal action against the Big Ten Conference. So this was a really a coordinated, coordinated effort, at least from my vantage point, between Ohio State and Nebraska the whole time. So this is a project I'm not, I'm not first of all, I'm not, I should mention, I'm not making a dime off the project. It doesn't matter if, the, if anyone watches this documentary. I don't make any more money or less money. It's an Ohio State basically backed project. Uh, there's players, there's family members, there's parents. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a celebration that Big Ten football was saved, and you can't tell the story without Nebraska. So whether it was me or some other sports lawyer telling the story, um, you know, the story was going to get made. What, what does this project, what's the goal? Um, the goal is not to just say how talk about the lawsuit. I think everybody knows what the lawsuit stood for. I think everyone's there. You know, in, in our history, uh, Dan, like there are people that have just done bad things and made mistakes in history. Like, the people like tyrannical leaders that have made mistakes that like like Genghis Khan or like, you know, Fidel Castro, they yeah. make it into the, the, the history books because they did bad things. And we don't just we're not celebrating the bad things. We have to learn from mistakes that are made in history so that they don't repeat itself. Now, if you just erase it from the record books, like, I don't know, you don't learn from it. Right. If you, you don't spot the signs yeah, of the thing occurring to, to kind of switch gears and avoid some some type of mistake happening. And good people make mistakes, too. Like, but but you kind of need to tell the story. That's how our history books are written. That's why there's a whole ESPN 30 for 30 series, because there are stories that need to be told. So, yeah, I mean, Kevin Warren, uh, and at least from our vantage point, and I'm saying our I imagine Big Ten Nation. I don't know anyone that, that's out putting their neck out to defend Kevin Warren. I don't know anything good that the conference has done since he's taken over. I think they've gotten uh, fallen behind in terms of conference realignment, uh, certainly. Um, that's gonna affect television rights for the, for the entirety of all the members of the conference if they would have gotten Texas and Oklahoma. In terms of uh, name, image, and likeness laws, the SEC was ahead of that movement. Basically every state in the NIL and SEC country had an NIL law in the books. And then it's like, hey, have a COVID protocol. Like what is taking, like what is taking so long for Kevin Warren to acknowledge that he's made any mistakes along the line? So, you know, the, the whole point of the documentary is like transparency. We're trying to answer as many questions as we can uh, that occurred behind the scenes and, and putting a little bit of pressure on leadership. Like, hey, you can't just be a lame duck, right? There's no, you know, incompetency doesn't get solved by telling leaders how great they did and like patting them on the back. Like, hey, Kevin, buddy, you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work, my friend. Got to apply a little pressure. And I think that's, you know, we just want the best for the conference. And that's that's really where this is coming from. I think it's interesting that you brought up that Ohio State, just as a whole, feels pretty similarly towards Kevin Warren as Nebraska does. And being that, you know, they're at the top of the conference, really, um, that's kind of interesting to hear. It's not just Nebraska versus Kevin Warren. It's also Ohio State. And, you know, we could talk about, you know, it is really important to tell this story. I mean, yeah, it's a year ago, and we talked about this on Twitter. So when you introduced this project last week, there were Nebraska fans. I mean, maybe there are other people too, but there were Nebraska fans who they never seen anything you've done. We've mentioned this a little bit, but they thought it was more of like a money grab, which it's not at all. You're not making anything from this. It's just you're trying to rightfully tell a story. And so, but it's really important that you tell that story because 
you know, whether or not you still have, you know, leftover trauma or anxiety from what happened a year ago, it's good that this story is told because, you know, maybe there's people who aren't going to receive it very well now because they want to move on. But in the future, it's a good thing to look back on and say, this is what actually happened. And, you know, this is what, you know, is taken from it and what we learned from it. So it's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, I think, you know, what, why the documentary should be made. I mean, listen, I, do I have to be a part of it? No, um, but people want to tell the story. And then people still have a lot of lingering questions. When Big Ten football was brought back, there was a comment from um, Shapiro, who's the uh, Northwestern. I think it's Shapiro, Shapiro, he spells it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard it pronounced both ways. But um, he said, you know, we, we're not bringing this back because of the political pressure. We're not bringing this back because of a lawsuit. It's solely because of the, of the medical protocol. So... Yeah. You know, no one bought that. No one bought it then. No one buys it now. And it's like, you know, Kevin Warren allegedly had a call with the president of the United States, of, you know, Donald Trump at the time. It's like, okay, are you going to pretend that that had no influence? You're going to pretend that Nebraska's lawsuit had no influence? Like, okay, I mean, the timing says otherwise because you said you wouldn't revisit, it and all of a sudden you revisited. So something happened. And then, you know, my comment at the end of the trailer was like, you know, and I, I legitimately meant it. I filmed this a couple of weeks ago, and I said, I, I think if you ask the Big Ten leadership, I think they would acknowledge making several mistakes. And then Kevin Warren at Media Day this time around was like, I would do everything all over again, of course. I wouldn't change a thing that we did. And I'm like, then you didn't, then you didn't learn anything. Then the conference is doomed to repeat itself and the conference is doomed to continue to fall further and further behind the SEC because you, you actually have scored yourself on 100 out of 100, which is clinically insane. So the story yeah. needs to be told and the story is told in history to hold people accountable. And I think if Big Ten, honestly, if they had a little bit of humble pie, if Kevin Moore would have came out and said, even if he would have said it immediate day, right? Like, and then, and then I, then I would get the backlash. Like, hey, what's the point of this documentary? Kevin Moore acknowledged he made all these different mistakes, but he didn't. And it's been a year and he hasn't acknowledged making a single mistake. And not only did he not make, acknowledge any mistakes, Kevin Moore disappeared from about August 19th, uh, right when he said it will not be revisited, up until the Big Ten championship game. And people remember, like Barry Alvarez became like the pseudo like commissioner for, for a period of time when there was that whole debacle of, you know, Ohio State's minimum six game rule, like Kevin Moore disappeared. So I'm like, I, I don't know why he's the head of the conference, right? Greg Sankey's getting raises and he's getting extensions and he's getting Oklahoma and Texas. So I'm like, well, if you're a fan of Big Ten football, you have to be a fan of putting pressure on Kevin Moore. And that's, that's really the goal of the documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe there hasn't been any response, but how do you feel the Big Ten as a conference will receive this documentary? Will they? Will there be people who are like, "Yeah, we messed up," and you know they at least acknowledge that, or like, is it gonna? How is that gonna go? I mean, this was this was the thing, and, and Dan, I, I told you this offline. I this is all I know, right? I know, and and people can tell me I'm wrong, I guess, but like. And Nebraska does not like Kevin Warren. I've never seen a positive comment about Nebraska Warren anywhere. Yeah. And Nebraska, uh, you know, is not, not kind to Kevin Warren. And Big Ten has held him up as their commissioner. So when I tease the project, you know, it's a nonprofit. It's just a, you know, these people that are making it, it's not me, are, are standing to make, are standing to lose a lot of money because they did this thing for free. So I just want to make sure people see, see their work. Um, and you have to kind of do a little bit of a teaser. And I, hope, I thought it would be fun for, for my Nebraska friends. But I said... I think Nebraska fans will be very happy of the story being told, right? You know, that's what I was alluding to. And, and Big Ten headquarters will not like it. I don't think they will at all because it, it shows that they made a mistake. But the problem is, like, you know, they've never wanted to acknowledge making a mistake. I think 
but it's a lesson you need to learn, right? Greg Senke acknowledged that like, hey, we don't have all the answers pre-cancellation. Pre he goes, we don't have all the answers. We're taking a wait and see approach. We'll figure this thing out. Uh, and then, you know, like, uh, you know, like, guess what? SEC is further distanced itself from the pack. I don't think it will be well-received um, necessarily from leadership, but that said, uh, you know, it's not, I'm not gonna mention any names, but like this project is being, uh, we, we alerted certain people within the Big Ten that this was being made. And this was not, uh, we'll put it this way. There, there are people within the Big Ten that are, that are appreciative of this thing being made. And I guess on that, um, you know, I've spoke to, uh, you know, Nebraska parents, I've spoke to Nebraska players and are very appreciative of the story being told about sons and teammates, you know, putting their neck out and suing the conference, right? They could be blackballed from college football for suing the conference and they did it anyway. So, you know, if you not not a fan of me, which is fine, you don't have to be a fan of me. I'm not I'm not a not a necessarily a Cornhusker, um, but there are people who who are directly tied to the story on the Big Ten level and also on the parents and players level that want the story to be told. So someone's going to tell it, and uh, you know, uh, it's just a matter of uh, uh, people people you know appreciating that this is a, this is a part of history for better or for worse. It's a story that mm -hmm. kind of does need to be told. Yeah, and it's for some people they may not want to hear it now, but I said this on Twitter when we were talking on there. People will appreciate this. They don't appreciate it immediately. They will appreciate it in the future when, you know, hopefully things are a lot better. They can look back and say, okay, what the heck actually happened? And that story will be there for them. So that's really awesome. Um, I mean, we could just, you know, go right into college football realignment. And you mentioned, you know, Oklahoma and Texas. Some people don't know this. I think it should be shared. Uh, so, when Oklahoma and Texas were deciding that they were going to leave the Big 12, that was, I believe, like six months ago or so. And they reached out not only to the SEC, but also the Big 10. The Big 10 immediately responded, hey, we're interested in Texas, but not OU, which is because of this whole AAU thing, which I just think is – the Big 10 is an athletic conference. I get the whole – they want to have an act academic precedent among their members. Great, whatever. But it's an athletic conference. And if you have a chance to land Texas and OU, which is one of the top five football games every year in college, um, and you say no to one of those schools, you're saying no to both of those schools because those schools have worked together. And so I thought that was a really dumb move to not even try and add Oklahoma, especially with the, you know, if you're going to bring in Oklahoma, not only bringing in Texas, Oklahoma, you're bringing in Nebraska, Oklahoma back together, which they completely oversaw that too. And so uh, you know, now we got them going to the SEC whenever that is, 2025, maybe it'll be sooner. Um, but there has, I mean, what, so what are your immediate, like, reactions to all of that, I guess? I mean, is anyone surprised that, like, Big Ten blew it? I mean, that's, no. that's, that's, you know, I hate, I hate to, like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, a Mr. I hate leadership. I think some people, like, I think Bob Bowlesby is doing a great job fighting for the conference down there. It's threatening to sue ESPN. Like, I think he's mm -hmm. doing a great job. I think Sankey's doing a great job. Um, but I just, if, if I, if you ask me to say, what has Kevin Warren done and what has the conference done effectively under his leadership? I'm like, I, I don't know. They've existed. They, they held serve maybe, you know, like I don't, I, you know, I, I think they used to kind of announce themselves as this cutting edge conference. And I'm like, man, they really have not done much. Do you imagine the coup that would have occurred if the big 10 got Texas and Oklahoma and everyone talks about how great SEC football is and how many draft picks they have. Do you imagine if, if the Big Ten really nailed Oklahoma and Texas, it's a complete paradigm shift in, in college sports. So, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not surprised that they blew it. Um, 
you know, but Northwestern, I, I gather, has a lot of uh, kind of sway in the room. And, and uh, you know, that's obviously a very, uh, very academic institution. I think their president is the head of the is one of one of the main uh, leaders in, on the Big Ten's committees. Um, that's that's like I Shapiro I mentioned before, the guy that put the affidavit out, um, you know, saying that a, a vote officially occurred. Yeah, I'm not I'm not thrilled with the, the trajectory of Big Ten football. I, I don't love it. And now I think, you know, I, I can see it one of two ways from a legal standpoint. Like, could you, you know, the grant of rights, I think in the big 10, their, their football deal expires in 2023. So I think if you're going to add two schools to kind of go back to 16 to now match the SEC, um, I think you have to do it, um, you know, 2023. And then it's like, okay, who are you going to add? Okay. Who's kind of up for grabs, you know, quote unquote, up for grabs in the big, the big 12, like who makes sense, right? Oklahoma state, maybe Kansas. I keep hearing a lot of reports that Kansas is going to go to the big 10. Iowa state kind of makes sense. Cause I was already in the big 10. I'm like, okay, so what did you guys just do? You turned down Texas and Oklahoma for the prospect of replacing them with Iowa state and Kansas. Like, you know, then, then you just look dumb, right? So you look dumb either way. You look dumb that you didn't get Texas and Oklahoma, or you look maybe even dumber replacing them with two schools that are far below the caliber of either. So yeah, I, I, I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen, but, uh, and then, and then Dan, this is my favorite one. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the same reports. It's like, okay, big 12 was thinking about merging with PAC 12. If you want to believe those reports. And now I saw the, the latest reports and that's going to be like a multiple merger at the yeah. big 10 and big 12 and PAC 12. And I'm like, why would you do that? Big 10? Like, wh why do you need to merge with these other conferences? Like just you're compounding mistakes over and over. Yeah. I think, well, to start, well, yeah, they made the mistake of not adding Texas and Oklahoma. I think part of that may have been, you know, you add Texas and Oklahoma, all of a sudden those two schools are going to carry more weight than Northwestern, Nebraska, Big deal. Uh, Penn State, I would say even Michigan too. Probably They'll be at the same level as in Ohio State in terms of their influence and everything and like their population base, you know. You could argue against Oklahoma there, but they've been a great football team for the past 20 years. So um, so I think part of that was more out of fear maybe that – and, you know, Texans and Oklahomans, they think a lot differently than, you know, people from Chicago or, you know, they're, they're more – you know, they were going to play football last year no matter what, and that's something that the Big Ten wasn't really about. So that's kind of an interesting thing to think about. But I have seen the reports about like an ACC Big Ten Pac-12 alliance – which I don't know how that really is going to work out. Got like they'll probably throw in Notre Dame as well. Um, I think it's kind of like a. I think it is a power move. They try and do something like that, but I think it's also kind of like a we're scared of the SEC, and so we're going to do whatever we can to like thwart whatever they're doing. So it's like, how do you even do an alliance of those three conferences? It's like maybe you have the conferences play each other every year non-conference but like that's not a conference if you have 41 schools that but it's three i don't even know what they're trying to do yeah it's just i i can't i can't can't put my finger on I know, let's say it this way right like i on the other end of the spectrum greg sankey's getting an extension he's getting he's, he's worth every every penny right that he organized or orchestrated this move he made the sec look good on a on a COVID level he waited it out you know um I, I think the SEC is the blueprint, right? And I think the Big Ten, if they're having this quote-unquote alliance, 
I mean, Big Ten, uh, I don't know, within the past 10 years was, the, was maybe the premier conference college football. It wasn't so clear that it was the SEC. So now if you need this alliance from your neighbors, right, like you're, you're falling behind. So I'm like, I don't, what do you want to do? Do you want to like try to salvage this leadership and like combine and have this alliance with other conferences? Or do you want to just, you know, beat to your own drum and, and try to compete with the SEC? So I don't know. You know, I, 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 can't, I have to imagine uh, Kevin Warren is very much on the hot seat. Um, and I don't think, I think if you're a Nebraska fan, I don't, I think you should be supporting any type of uh, efforts that, you know, seek to get him all, all off of the seat, not, yeah. not, not let alone don't turn the heat up. So, yeah, uh, I, I can't, again, um, I mean, I'm happy to be proven wrong if somehow the Big Ten can come out of here with two schools that are just as good as Texas and Oklahoma, maybe Notre Dame and another school. But until that happens, you know, the, the heat is on. And, and guess what? Sometimes pressure is good. Sometimes people work really well under pressure and can get, get stuff done and, and are more incentivized to do good things. But I'm not seeing any urgency or any exigency on Big Ten's part to shift the narrative. And you want to hear, there's no better example, you know, all over again, like this COVID protocol is taking way too long to come out. I don't, I don't understand what the delay yeah, is. Yeah, I was going to mention that. But people have so many questions. It's like, guys, didn't you learn the first time around? You have no obligation to your fan base to provide transparency. You do not have an obligation. But if you're, your constituency, your schools, your parents, your players, if they're getting annoyed at your lack of transparency, uh, brainstorm, maybe be a little bit more transparent, but they're not, they're not learning. And I, I haven't seen any, any progress on that front. Yeah, I agree. Uh the Big Ten would probably be better off if they still had uh, their former Delaney, Jim Delaney. I think that we were a better conference there. I think it's possible that you can successfully have a scheduling merger or something with the ACC and the Pac-12 if you're the Big Ten. But you definitely are not. I don't think Notre Dame ever wants to join the Big Ten, or they don't have plans to at the moment. You're not going to find an equal balance of Texas and Oklahoma. There's no equal balance you're going to find, I think, right now to what the SEC just got. And, you know, from a biased perspective, I think I personally would enjoy a merger with the Pac-12 in terms of scheduling. I don't think a, a, a super conference of 20-something teams is healthy at all. I think it's not healthy, not good. But if we got to play Colorado every year, you know, I'd be happy with that just because that's a rivalry we used to have. So if there's some sort of merger like that, I think I'd be, I'd be down for it. I think what they're, what they're seeing is the SEC has – um, you know, the strongest conference now. And, you know, they're, they're going to try and do anything they can to compete there because they, they dropped the ball on trying to add Texas and OU, and they know that now. But uh, they, and they didn't know that when it mattered. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. But, uh, I mean, I think it's a healthy conversation. It's, it's fantastic being, you know, having a podcast like this to kind of shed some, some light on it, of course. Um, and I think people just want the best. I mean, I'd love to see Nebraska return to their glory years. I, I think uh, that, uh, you know, from a conference perspective, there we go, 25 and 0. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I, I, think, I think you, you know, the Nebraska and, and all the schools in the Big Ten, you are better off in terms of getting recruits, right? In terms of any level down the line, check, check, check. Like, why is the SEC getting the best players in college football? Because people, people think that that's the best brand of football in, in, the, in the country. So, you know, your school is going to be only as strong as your conference. And I think Nebraska understood that by kind of, you know, jettisoning the Big 12 when they did. They saw the writing on the wall. You know, credit to Nebraska for that that level of a move and getting out ahead of time yeah. and having that foresight. But, like, I don't know. Like, 
you got to root for the conference as a whole to get better. And the only way you root for the conference is if you have change. Like any type of business, if you're head of failing business, people would be calling for the CEO's head. And I don't know, like, yeah, that's that's kind of what you got to do unless unless you see some real signs of change, which you haven't seen it. I mean, that's just that's just the, the truth here. I would always knock the SEC for like chanting SEC at their games and stuff and like being very pro-conference. But I kind of get from like a competitive perspective where that comes from. I think they are kind of weirdly like into the Southern pride thing, which I don't really understand totally. But, you know, I, I personally root for Ohio State. Um, you know, they are the premier football team in the Big Ten. Not only do I like, you know, I like their fans like along with them a year ago when all this stuff was going down. I root for them because they are, you know, the standard in the Big Ten. And I, you know, hope you know, any time that they're facing like a Clemson or an Alabama, I'm rooting for them because, you know, if Nebraska is able to ever compete with Ohio State in the future, I know how close we are to the top. And so, right. you know, and you want that. If you didn't have Ohio State, we, we'd be a joke right now in football. The entire conference would be. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So, We'll see what the future holds for Big Ten football. I just, uh, I just don't, I don't like the trend that's heading in, and you know, I, I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm, and Dan, you know this. You follow my non, uh, for, I guess for people that, that are listening, I'm not just a college football guy. I, I try to stand up uh, to Goliath in any different respects. Uh, it could be the uh, Cleveland baseball team yeah. uh, trying to uh, trying to attack uh, and steal the name of a roller derby team, or even something like you know. Um, Trevor Bauer over in Major League Baseball, or Sean Watson, guys who are massive, massive athletes. Yeah, you know, they're very serious allegations against them. So I'm just trying to advise and inform people of the law going on behind the scenes. Even Big 12 kind of going after uh, ESPN. I mean, it's another situation, yeah. kind of David versus Goliath. So I'm happy to shed some light on it. I don't, I don't make necessarily the most popular takes, and that's maybe why uh, Nebraska, you know, pseudo adopted me once upon a time. Hopefully, I'm hopefully I'm still a member of Cornhusker Nation, but. Yeah, I, I'm right. not afraid to, to, to stand up to people, uh, even if they're national media, that just don't make sense. I don't know why Nebraska, I don't know why, I still, no one can explain this to me, why national media were cheering when Nebraska lost. Like, that is just so unbecoming of national reporters. And I'm not afraid to call them out. I'm, yeah. I'm an attorney. Like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, those guys are media. It's a separate lane, but I'm not afraid to say it when it doesn't make sense, you know? So don't, no one's going to pick on Nebraska. Like, Paul Feinbaum's not going to pick on Nebraska and, like, I'm not going to say something. It just, if it makes sense, you know, by all means. But I, no one, no one has explained it to me why Nebraska has to be a national punching bag. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I kind of see it as, like, I, I personally, just kind of the way I was raised is, like, to question norms and, like, try to understand things. If the national media is all in unison pushing one thing, I take a step back and I look like, okay, what is their what is their goal here? What are they actually getting after besides what they're trying to push? You know, and you know they were all pushing. ESPN is like, I think that there's some sort of conspiracy there, um, where they really want SEC to be like the big brand, and then I don't, I don't know. There's some sort of SEC conspiracy with ESPN. They've always they've been biased towards you know propping up ESPN and kind of pushing down anyone else um, that, you know, I mean, or excuse me, they've been biased towards pushing up SEC. That's what I meant to say. And kind of pushing down anyone else, I think in the past 20, 15 years. Um, and I don't know exactly what that is, but you know, and you've, you've had our back from day one. I wanted to tell that story and, you know, make sure everybody knew the Nebraska fans watching, they know like you have our back and that's just you know, out of, you know, you want to do the right thing. And so, um, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I super appreciate it, Dan. And uh, listen, I'm uh, going to continue to pump up Nebraska where I, when I can. Uh, and that's sometimes helping in certain offensive linemen who reach out and say they're, they're an international athlete and they're not getting NIL. So I made some phone calls on his behalf to make sure that oh, that was really? being addressed. Listen, I had him I, on, uh, he was on my podcast last week. Listen, I, I, yeah. I'm looking out for Nebraska Nation. Um, and even if, uh, if it's like the Josh fight that occurred over in Nebraska, <laughs> I'm, pump, I'm pumping up Nebraska on a number of levels. Even the hashtag Nebraska movement and Bill Moose, he was at the head of that. Um, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Nebraska might not like me anymore, but I, I still support and appreciate all my friends in Nebraska. So much, no, we much like you. There's just a couple of oddballs who had no idea what you were doing. So they were like, what? I'm here. I've been here yeah, for a while. Yeah. I, I know that. I, I, listen, I, I'm... Uh, it is what it is, but uh, I, I respect the, the hustle of, of everyone in Nebraska, and I have some friends at uh, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Lincoln, and uh, 1620. So, listen, I'll keep doing my thing. I've been here for a while, not going anywhere, but uh, listen, go Big Red. I say it all the yeah, time. Go Big Red. I have, I've got two care packages. My kid's got a, a, a Nebraska onesie that she wears. Yeah. Listen, I'm, a, I'm on the team here. So, uh, are you going to try and make it out to a Nebraska game ever? Well, you're going to laugh. Uh, this could be an exclusive for the podcast, but... I mean, I, I have been invited. Uh, I've been offered tickets. Um, I, they, so uh, you guys just coincidentally are playing my legal album out of Fordham in the opener. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Very random. Um, I don't hey. think I'm going to be able to come to that. I was hoping there's a chance I could come to the Columbus game, the uh, Ohio State game. Uh, you know, uh, I think that's in November, first week of November. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I, I, you can tell me people, Nebraska fans are very passionate, and I know there's some fans that are passionately against this project. So I'm not trying to go and get murdered in a, a one weekend. You're not that crazy. You'll, the thing is, Listen, I, all I can do is tell you about my replies. All I can do is tell you my replies. I've seen some of your replies, and like, I understand the, the concern, but I'm, I'm not a bad person, I promise. No, you're not. Like, Nebraskans are actually some of the nicest people in America. They really are, especially if you go down to. I, I mean, that's just for some my... of them. I'm, all of them are, uh, except there's a couple that, uh, you yeah, know, listen, I, but I'm still, I'm not, I'm not afraid of pumping up Nebraska. And also I'm not, I, I know, uh, Dan, listen, you know, my takes, uh, I've, I've asked the world, I've asked the, my, my friends in Nebraska, or is Nebraska supportive of basketball teams that play in Omaha? And they said, no. So I said, you know what? I'm not down with Creighton. Creighton's going to get obliterated by Gonzaga. So I'm happy to cheer on all the causes, but, uh, I can tell you, there were some uh, Nebraska fans. I mean, it, by and large, it was, it was very, very positive. But some Nebraska fans that were not happy with the story being told. So, you know, I guess yeah. it is what it is. It's, it's ha- was going to happen with or without me. So they can redirect their anger to the people making the thing. But, uh, you know, obviously I was going to help tell the story in a way that benefited Nebraska, of course. Yeah. So besides, you mentioned the whole, uh, you know, you kind of got involved with, I guess, some emails or other stuff with uh, the offensive lineman who's from Germany. And, and he's on the Nebraska team. Have you done anything else NIL related besides that? Um, no, I've helped uh, off the record. I've helped some players consult about how to maximize their name, image, and likeness. Like I talk about, like I study the whole landscape. There's a group of uh, offensive linemen from Arkansas that got this group deal. Uh, There's like a barbecue type joint that, that they got it. So, so you know, wherever I see it, even if it's on Cameo, um, I try to I try to educate all the athletes. I mean, I speak to Division One basketball programs in the Northeast. Um, but I just from my Nebraska stuff, I have a lot of players and parents and people in Nebraska that have asked me um, about NIL. So uh, I'm happy to help on that front. Uh, but this, this college, the college football team that I support um, on since since last year, every Saturday, I have wagered some amount of money on Nebraska. So I've lost money with Nebraska, um, but I, just, I support the program. So I'm happy to That's help. Awesome. Um, 
Yeah, but I, you know, Dan, you know, I go on shows in Waco, Texas. I go on shows in, in anywhere across the country. Um, people do know me as an honorary cornhusker. So again, I hope my status has not been revoked, but I will continue to support the program in any, yes. any fashion I can. Yeah. Um, I saw, well, okay, this is, I'm currently working at a restaurant in downtown Lincoln, and we recently made, uh, you may have seen this, but the, uh, they made like the pipeline burritos now for the whole offensive line at Nebraska. I don't know exactly what the deal is there, but uh, that's the restaurant I work at. It just so happens to like uh, have a deal with all the linemen at Nebraska now. So, and they're all posting about it. They're all happy about it. And I've had a few of those guys on this exact podcast. So that's kind of cool uh, to see. But I think we've pretty much hit on everything today. Um, you know, thanks for so much. Thanks so much for coming on today and hanging out over Zoom. It was awesome for me to know, get to know you more and do a podcast and, you know, thanks for your continual support of you know, Nebraska and Big Red Nation and uh, run the damn ball. So, yeah. Listen, Dan, uh, great name. Tell you, shout out to your parents that named you so, so wonderfully with that name. Yeah. And uh, GBR, my friend. Yeah, for sure.